We are the Man in the Cannon podcast, and we are bringing you the CBJ forecast. You never know what we're talking about, but we're the best fucking podcast around. The CBJ news and unprofessional views will certainly satisfy your Blue Jackets podcast fix. Yeah! Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the Man in the Cannon podcast. Woo. I got our boys here, Mr. Tour. Good morning, gentlemen. Good morning. And Mr. Locon. What's up, everybody? Glad to be back. I'm taking, trying to make the initiative to stay further away from the microphone today. So it doesn't sound like I'm screaming. He the promised me he is not going to scream. Into the pod. <laughs> and by me, this is Hooch. We are back. First things first, Mr. Locon, what do we got? All right, everybody, let's talk. Uh, if I'm a Blue Jackets fan, what do I want to talk about this morning? Let's talk about our recent play. Um, because in our last 10, the Jackets are 4, 5, and 1. And I think this was kind of a little bit uh, expected to see. Maybe this, uh, you know, we started off really well. We started off, what, like 7 and 3 or something, like yeah. the best start in franchise history. And now it's kind of caught up with us a little bit now that we've hit the road a little bit more. Because most of those games were at home against um, you know unquality opponents, but we were at St. Louis, at Nashville, at Dallas, at Washington, at Toronto, at Seattle, and you know we come out of this ten game stretch four five and one, not the best, but hey, we'll take it. Um, but man, there's just there were a couple games there where this team honestly looked like. Uh, I don't know, dog shit or, you know, one of the worst teams in the NHL, especially yeah, that like de- they didn't belong on the ice that that debacle down in Nashville. But I read I heard I keep hearing some statistics that like the Jackets at Nashville all time are like some ridiculous number. It's like two and thirty five or something like just awful. We never win down in St. Louis and we never win down in Nashville. So those can kind of be expected. But um Almost. We always win in Seattle, though, baby. Hey, hey. that's true. That's more than Carolina, uh, Florida, and <laughs> some other teams can say at the moment, which yeah, is kind of so cool. Yeah, so suck it. Suck it. Went into the ocean, defeated the Kraken. Kraken did. But no, there's this serious, like, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde thing going on with this team on home and away ice. When they're at home, they're the good one. Which one was the good one? Was that Jekyll? Or hide? Does anybody know? Uh, man, I'm. Still, yes. I might still be drunk from last night, so I don't want <laughs> yeah. to be answering that. I thought that. Was Me and two are Mr. Mr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde today. Yeah. Mr. Hyde, whichever the good one Mr. is, Hurtin'. that's the Jackets on home ice. They seriously seem to be. They play so well at home, uh, which is a good thing. But man, when they hit the road, there's just something. Something ain't right. Something that they can't figure out. Although they were able to figure it out last night at Seattle, but. Man, that game in Nashville, the game at Washington, at Toronto, they go down early and kind of stay down. They kind of, they almost came back and made it a game. It yeah. was 5-3 most, most of that uh, late into the third period. They snuck one in late to make it 5-4, to make it look a little bit better. But um, overall, I think we're starting to see um, the, the way that they're playing are starting to catch up with some of our expectations, right? This team's not really a cup contender. They're not built to go far in the playoffs. They may be able to squeak in uh, if they keep playing relatively well at home. Um, but if they want to do anything serious, they got to start figuring out how to play 
better hockey on the road. Um, but let's go back real quick to the – oh, Hooch's who's, who's coming up. What's up? No, I was just going to oh. say those are the rules of the road. Those are the rules of the road. That is correct. Anaheim, 2-1 shootout loss uh, at home recently. This was uh, one of our most recent games. And one thing I wrote down on the show sheet about this game is John Gibson is so good. He's just – you're going up against one of the best goalies in the NHL and maybe, you know, I don't know. I haven't really looked at the depth chart for these Olympics coming up, but he may be the American goalie for the uh, United States team coming up in the Let's Olympics. fucking go. So, oh, dude, I'm so excited for the fucking Olympics. It's always it's gonna be tight. Always so fun to watch. Um, you know these international games. My, one of my favorite memories of all time is watching the United States play Russia when I was in college. I was probably what like 2013. Two thousand years ago. Well, a long time. Not really. I mean, but it was TJ Oshie versus Sergey Bobrovsky in the shootout, like yes. ten times, and Oshie keeps like squeaking it through Bobrovsky's five hole, and the United States ended up winning that game. That was that was a fun ass game to watch, and I'm excited to watch this United States team because they're in the same. Uh, they're going to be in the same group as Canada and start things off. I think it's them, China, Germany, and Canada, or yeah, Germany and Canada. So. I mean, Germany's going to have Dreisaitl. They might have a decent squad, but Canada's obviously going to be the cup, the the favorite. They're just going to have the stupidest team ever assembled. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be literally an NHL all-star team revised right. of the Canadian team. It's going to be insane. Yeah. So The rest of the world should be able to just like team up against them. And the, exactly. Like, like, it yeah. should be the world versus Canada, in my opinion. Yes. China in that group, I don't know what they're... What they're That's going to be ugly. Oh man! Do you anyway. think China would be a little bit better at hockey? They they got some uh, they got some areas, but of course, you know. And they're like, you know, like super dedicated to like their causes. Like when they sign up to like do one thing, their government makes them like, "You're going to do this forever," like that kind of. Thing. Twenty-one hours a day. Yeah. yeah. But no, China doesn't have hockey players. <laughs> Um, shocked. Not yet. I'm shocked. Absolutely not yet. shocked. That is true. Not, no, no, no. not, not a lot of uh, enthusiasm. For they're still ma- they're still making them in labs right now. Yeah. <laughs> Boom. Boom. Um, Anaheim two one shootout loss the other night. John Gibson was fantastic. Honestly, Elvis was pretty good in that game too, uh, uh, which was you know one of his better games as of late because that is one of the topics I want to get to here in a second. That's kind of talking about Elvis's performance as of late, but. Mr. Locon likes yeah. to talk about who sucks. I will talk about who's been playing good first here, but you're you're right. I will get and start talking some shit on. It's Elvis. time to hold players accountable. Yeah, I mean, I've been I've notably on this pod been incredibly high on Elvis Merzlikens, and <laughs> since he has not been playing that well as of late, um, you know, I'm not going to shy away from it. I am going to acknowledge the fact that uh, we need him to play a lot better if we're going to win games. But first. That two-one goal, or the the goal, the lone goal that we had in that game came from Alex Texier, and that is one player who I've been very critical of, and we've been very critical of the, on the pod uh, the past you know few months and even into last year's pod. But <coughs> excuse me, nine goals, five assists, you know, fourteen points for Texier so far. That's 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 a pretty good start, and he's been playing really well, and he's having a lot of 
uh, excellent chances and a lot of great chemistry with that line that he's been playing on uh, consistently with him, Eric Robinson, and Sean Corrali. At times, that line looks like one of the better lines on the ice for us every night. Yeah, I've, I've enjoyed it. I think that they've played pretty well for us. So I'm just like, Texier's, honestly, I think Texier's by far the most skilled and gifted player on that line. But Eric Robinson is like, I have a love-hate relationship with Robinson because he's so fast and he's so like, he's so good, but he's not that good. I don't know how to explain it. He's, if he, good, he's good in spurts. And when he's good in spurts, he's real good. And it keep, it gets us back on the E-Rob train. There's a guy that I follow on Twitter. I forget who it is, but um, you know he posts a lot of advanced statistics, and he's always really high on Eric Robinson because apparently a lot of the advanced stats point towards him being a, a large contributor to positive offensive production, which is great, and that's you know that's probably true. But the thing is, is it's just like I'm also on the side of. If he's got, if he's one of the best like advanced statistics players, then like, why isn't he leading our team in points or leading our team in assists or goals? Like his advanced statistics are not turning over and correlating with actual goals or points from him. Now Texier is getting the majority. Him and Corrali, as of recent, lately, have been kind of getting some of those points generated from that line. But I'm just like, man, if if Eric Robinson could shoot well or, or or better you yeah. know or pass the puck a little bit better i think he could be one of the best players in the nhl he's he's that skilled and fast and he's big and he plays well on the boards i just i i'm i'm still i need to see some more direct offensive production from eric robinson before i'm going to be like you know absolutely 100% sold on this guy um but yeah, that line's been that line's been good. Texier's been been good, and it's it's good to see because we got that we got that little glimpse of Texier against um, Tampa Bay during the series when we swept Tampa, and that was his first time coming into the NHL. And we were like, "My God, who is this kid? Yeah. This French kid's coming, and he's lighting up Tampa Bay." And ever since then, I'm gonna throw last year out the window. Um, you know, the year that the year before that, um, where we played Toronto in the playoffs, that that kind of, and then um, played Tampa, ended up playing Tampa the next round. But then he he really wasn't that good that year. And then last year, just a huge debacle for the entire team. So it's finally nice to see some actual production from one of the guys who's been who we've been banking on to give us some of this offensive production that we need. Yeah. And that is one thing that's been a, a highlight of this team so far is their offensive production. They're staying in games and winning games by scoring goals. Yeah. I mean, if you just look back, I mean, 5-4 last night, um, a couple nights ago it was 5-4 again, 6-4. I mean, we're we're scoring goals, you know. And that's been some goals, but I mean, the offense is there. Yeah. And that's been one of the, you know, the huge problems. And if not the biggest Achilles heel of this team, the past few years has been scoring goals. So for them to turn that around, now they just got to get their defense structure a little bit better, maybe get some more, uh, you know, talented young defensemen here coming up. Um, 
and hopefully try to get our goalies to start playing a little bit better, uh, right? Because we'll talk about Elvis here in a second. But, um, yeah, the, it's been a pleasant surprise to see how many goals this team has been scoring this year. And it's been a lot of fun to watch because it makes it exciting to watch, quite honestly. I'm already having 10 times more fun watching this team this year than I did last year. Oh, yeah, yeah. Last year was just so fucking terrible with, you know, the schedule. You know, we only played like the same seven teams right, over, yeah, and over, over and over again. And over. It was just this giant round robin. Of... Yeah. So, I, I don't know. But Texier, good on you. Keep up the good work. We love that E-Rob Texier Corrali line. Um, so we'll see, we'll, we'll see kind of how that, how that goes, but yeah, Elvis in that Anaheim shootout and, and even here in, in recent games, but in that shootout, dude, he just gets, he gets schooled dude, like twice on a Zegras goal. And, um, I forget who else scored the goal in the shootout, but man, he just gets juked out of his skates. Uh, really, really didn't have any any close chance to actually stopping uh, a couple of those pucks. And you just kind of, you just kind of need more from Elvis in those shootout situations. But during the game, he actually was um, really good. But then man in Seattle last night, he gives up three in the third period that are, I mean, honestly, you get, you, you should have at least two of them. Um, you know, Dunn comes off the bench to, to tie the game up. On just a straight straight shot from the the high high slot, and just beats Elvis glove side. Um, he's got to you got to have that one. You got to have one, maybe one or two of the other ones too. It's just you know he hasn't been he hasn't been stellar. He's had good games, but he hasn't been. Um, I don't know. I guess I'm expecting much more out of Elvis Merzlikens. Him talking about wanting to win a Vesna at the beginning of the season for. You know, Matisse Kivlenix, well, if that's going to be the case, he's really got to step up his game coming up here in the next few games because our schedule is not getting any easier with this West Coast swing that we're on. So, um, But in that in that time, let's talk goalies here now real quick because in the you know the recent past couple of weeks, Corpusalo was um, sick, right? He's been out with an illness, not COVID-related apparently, but he hasn't been between the pipes for a, co- a few games now. So they brought Tarasov in, right? Daniel Tarasov, one of our top goalie prospects. Um, they brought him up from Cleveland to see what he would look like. And this kid's, you know, this is a big Russian kid. He's young. I think he's 22. 6'6". Uh, right? Yeah, he's big a guy. massive dude. Tall guy. And you can't teach tall. You can't teach height. No. Right? You can't coach height. I mean, so he just, he looks tall. He looks big. He takes up a lot of the net, which is fantastic. And he played pretty well. Um, didn't get any wins, but he had a few tough matchups, right? He had, I think he was at Washington and at Dallas, if I'm not mistaken. Um, yeah, tough, tough matchups for that kid, but 2.22 goals against average with a .936 save percentage. So, played really well. Yeah. And that begs the question, um, you know, we got to talk about it, especially with the contract situations between – Elvis and Corposalo at the moment with Tarasov kind of showing that he might be able to come in and play consistently and play maybe at a consistently high level. Does that beg the question that it's time for the jackets to start truly shopping Eunice Corposalo? I, I think it is um, just like with anything else. 
if you've got if you've got three goalies, you don't have any goalies. That's right. You know, so I like the idea of moving uh, Corpy, um, keeping Elvis, and then running this Tarasov kid um, to give Elvis the nights off. Yeah, that's the thing is I feel like it's kind of catching up to Elvis a little bit. I was not on the train uh, at the beginning of the year of uh, splitting goalies, you know, more often than than we should. Right. But that that really was when we were winning games and playing well. Yeah. When we were splitting a little bit more time between Merzlikens and Corpusalo. So I think I think we need to get back to that mindset a little bit. And now since we've seen Tarasov be able to play the way that he can play. And with Corpusalo's contract situation and just trying to get maximum value for these kinds of guys during a reloading or rebuilding situation, mm-hmm. I do think that some of the trade talk has has got to have heated up on Eunice Corpusalo. Um, you know, you look at teams that need goaltending. One that comes to mind uh, for me right off the top is Vancouver. Uh, that team's been, you know, that that fan base and that team are drastically looking to make some changes. There are other teams throughout the league, obviously, if you, you want to look. Uh, Buffalo also comes to mind, but apparently Buffalo's been on the market, or they just picked up uh, Malcolm Subban because they, they weren't able to bring anybody up from their AHL team due to COVID. Uh, so you wonder if they're still in the mix. But I'm expecting, and, and I would expect to see the Corpusalo trade talks uh, pick up here You know, in the next few weeks. Um, because the trade deadline is going to be here before we know it. You know, we're already in um, basically the middle of December. Um, so maybe, you know, here in the next four or five weeks, we got to start looking at kind of trying to get maximum value from a few of these guys who are likely not going to be on the team uh, either next year or. Um, and a guy like Domi, you know, who's been playing well, you, you, you're going to want to look to trade a guy like that, especially I think he only has like one year left on his contract. If you're a rebuilding team and you're trying to get assets, you know, young quality assets um, from a, a team who's going to try to make a playoff push, um, Domi would be a great rental for a year, and he's going to get us he get you some maximum value. So, yeah, the trade talks are probably going to be picking up here for the in the next couple uh, of weeks for a few of these guys. Um, all right, so that was Anaheim. That was our recent play. We've talked about Texier. We've talked about. Elvis, a few of the goalie situations. Let's move into the win last night at Seattle. Um, first of all, you know, there's been a big uh, – people like to talk at least a little bit about the atmosphere and the arena in Seattle because it's um, apparently a really nice stadium. Uh, it looked really nice on oh, television. Yeah, it gorgeous. Uh, a really cool concept with that stadium. It's going to be one of the – supposed to be – the first stadium that is fully functioned and ran completely on uh, 100% renewable energy. Um, interesting. Uh, that is definitely something that, you know, that part of the country tends to focus on. So uh, interesting strat from the Seattle Kraken teams, or team, I should say. Um, but, yeah, uh, Seattle, an interesting market. They've probably been begging for a, for a hockey team for a long time and they finally got one um, they're gonna have an interesting rivalry with Vancouver right up the road and um, I'm really excited to see uh, hockey grow in the Seattle region but the jackets squeak out a 5-4 win in overtime last night against the Kraken um, which is great but uh, man we get we scored four in the second 
Yeah. And, you know, you're thinking at that point with these late West Coast games, at that point I'm like starting to think, all right, I might need to start thinking about going to bed because I'm fucking exhausted. Right, yeah. But thank God I didn't because, you know, then in the third period – Elvis gives up three, and uh, you know, before you know it, it's a 4-4 game tied going into overtime. Um, but, man, those those three goal, those three four goals in the second period, that was Bjorkstrand on, a, on an excellent shot. I almost thought he was offsides, um, quite honestly, which has been a trend recently. Yeah, I was just going to say, we didn't have a single goal called back. Hey, there we go. Sides. Yeah. But, no, it's been fucking ridiculous. They can't stay on side. Wierenski's had one. Jeez, uh, there's been a – at least three or four other ones in the past three or four games that have been called back because they just can't stay on side, and it's been driving me nuts. Yeah. But, yeah, we we all stayed on side last night. All of our goals counted, which was kind of nice. Um, <laughs> they're not taking our goals off the board. It's a shame we even have to say that. It, it really Be is. Be more disciplined. Just stay on side. I mean, Jesus. <laughs> York Strand, though. Jesus. Goal. He has nothing to do with this. <laughs> no, not, no, I'm not talking about Bjorkstrand specifically. But. No, I was no, talking, yeah, about Jesus. talking about Jesus. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> no, yes. Jesus don't have nothing to do with it either. We're sorry, Jesus. Jesus don't have nothing to do with this. We're sorry, Jesus. We're sorry, Jesus. Bjorkstrand, nice shot, glove side, um, excellent shot. But then it was boom, 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 right? Roslovic, Domi, and then Domi again, that line. <sighs> And we're in our fantasy league, and uh, you know, Tour had the line, the killer, stellar lineup last night of Roslovic and Domi, um, and Hooch, Hooch had Domi, but man, that the the prime don't want to talk about prime to the DFS fantasy lineups last night in classic slates was Jack Roslovic and Max Domi because they were very cheap, and they got you some excellent point production. Uh, Domi with two goals. Yeah, the point per dollar on both of those guys last night was just through insane, the roof. insane, yeah. insane. And like and he said, they they unlocked out for Cole Sillinger. Yeah, they unlocked everything yeah. that night. It let me get that entire Boston line. Bergeron, yeah, you could add Bergeron and Marchand. Yep, yep. I'm just so like I'm still, I'm still hesitant to play Jackets players in DraftKings. and I don't know why because we're scoring goals. We're scoring goals, but that's, it's just so hard thing. to figure out who's going to score them. In my opinion, that is frustrating. But the, but the but the great part is, is that they're always cheap. Yeah, that's true. Unless unless your name's Boone Jenner or Ollie, other than that, everyone else is cheap. I mean, Domi last night, twenty eight hundred. Roslovic, twenty nine hundred. That's just insane. I had thirty three hundred. You're getting like sixty points from those two guys. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. I had what what is that? Nine eight grand, nine grand of my fifty k. Wrapped up in just those three guys, and that got me 11, 42, 57 points. Yeah. So, so yeah. Kudos. You got, we got to start thinking about some playing some more of these Jackets guys in your DFS lineups, especially especially against you know teams that aren't matched up well against us because there's no doubt about it, as we've said, <laughs> the Jackets are not having problems scoring goals. So, um Got to put. I'm gonna. I'm gonna start trying to incorporate some more of these jackets into my lineups, because so I got to start thinking of some different strategies. Because I have not been playing that well. Yeah, but we I, get. Sorry, go ahead. Tom. I've just been pretty steady. It's been a lot of this line too. I mean, there are some nights I'll pay up for Ollie or, or, and Boone, um, in that line. But honestly, with his with the way that we're scoring goals, it's worth it to take the shot, save the salary, and then I can go and pick up. 
one of the big lines. Edmonton's top line, you know, mm-hmm. Boston yeah. one, um, Toronto two, things like that. That um, Toronto top line's been on fucking fire too, yeah. dude. Matthews and Kasha and Bunting and yeah. even on it's even almost with, like a free square. Yep, it really is. You're like you just know, just put them in there. Yep. It has been Austin Matthews over Connor McDavid. It has been recently. Oh yeah. Edmonton's been playing like shit, shit. recently. Just yeah. dog shit. I just. It makes me so mad. I played, to think about that. I played that line a couple nights ago when they shit the bed, and I, I'm off of them for right now because it's just they're, they're too, too expensive, and they're too yeah they're too expensive. Him and Drysaddle will eat up. So much. A much about a third of your salary. Yeah. Almost and 20K. if they don't score, I mean. Which they haven't been recently. They yeah, have not fucked. been scored. You're and fucked. you have been fucked if you played them. Unless you played Max Domi and <laughs> Rossovic. <laughs> That's true. God, I hope Connor McDavid finds his fucking way out of Edmonton at some some point in his career. And he comes to Columbus. <laughs> <laughs> Come to Columbus, Connor McDavid, where we will not waste your talent. God, I just don't understand how Edmonton's bad. Every year they do this. They should be the best fucking team in the world. <laughs> and they just aren't. And they just suck. They suck. You know, they might need some goaltending, too. They think that their goalies are good in Edmonton, and they're not. They got Mike Smith and Koskinen. They gave that Koskinen guy, like, the fattest and, fucking contract on planet Earth. And it's like, so bizarre because it's still the same two guys for the last three years, and they've never got it done. And it's yeah. just like, it's like, like, are they watching their own team? And they're like, let's try it again. And let's do this again. Let's try you know it again. what? This is the year. This is the year yeah, it works. At least Toronto like shaked it sh- or shook it up a little bit this year. They got rid of Anderson, and they're going to roll with Campbell, and they're rolling with uh, – Oh, Buffalo guy, right? No, the guy from Carolina. They switched, They basically like switched goals. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Mrazic. Mrazic. Peter Mrazic. But Jack – anyway, Jack Campbell's been playing well for them. They're fucking on fire, so – he is he is very streaky when it comes to goaltending. Yeah. He is. Some nights he'll give up six goals. Sometimes he'll sh- get a shutout. Mm-hmm. It's just it's odd talent right there. But a lot of ups and downs. But those that that uh, back to that Seattle game, the Jackets get those four in the second, and um, Domi had the the assist, the primary assist on Roslovic's goal, right? So which was an amazing pass. It was a good entry by Voracek, I do believe, and then he kind of dumped it back to Domi, who puts it right on, right up uh, at the high point, too, on the left point, and he puts it right on Rosovic's stick for a tap-in. Um, then he scores the next two goals, Domi does. And that's what I mean is uh, my next kind of topic, which we've already kind of touched on a little bit, but, man, that the way that he's been playing and the way that he's you know can really help a team in certain situations – because he's been playing so much better than he did last year. And by the what I mean by that is he's not like I felt like last year when he would get the puck, man, he was constantly turning the puck over, trying to make bat, you know, passes and they're just getting picked off or they're he's throwing it into a lot of traffic. He's not really doing that this year. He's shooting the puck well when he should shoot it and he's having some really nice passes. And these instances drastically increase his trade value. Um, so I do think he's one of the guys that the Jackets are going to be shopping come the, uh, closer to the trade deadline because, again, you know, a team like, I don't know, let's say Toronto or even Edmonton or um, other teams who are going to be, you know, cup contenders or trying to make a push in the playoffs, 
they would be willing to pay up for a one-year rental for a guy like Max Domi who can obviously give you some value and some production. Uh, so we're going to have some nice pieces again to trade at the deadline like we did last year with Felino and Savard. Uh, this year I'm thinking it's going to be Corpusalo and Max Domi. Those are a couple of the guys that kind of come into the picture. And, you know, we, we hear about maybe also some talk surrounding Jack Roslevic. Maybe some teams would be interested in him. But this Max Domi value uh, has drastically risen in the past couple of weeks with the way that he's been playing, um, which is great. So uh, but we'll give up three in the third. Again, as I've said, Elvis looked like shit. Um, and he's just not been he, – he has good games and he has bad games. I feel like he just hasn't been consistent. And sometimes this team, like, doesn't know how to get it out of their own zone. Uh, and it's – you know, we it's not all on him. It's just, you just, yeah. like you said, you just expect him to get two of those. I just remember, like, we always, I feel like the past few years we've had instances where we will go through spurts against certain teams where we will have trouble getting the puck out of our own zone, and we'll be trapped in our own zone for a solid, like, you know, 30 seconds to a full minute sometimes maybe. But I feel like before it's been because lack of execution – like, we can't figure out, honest to God, how to get the puck out of the zone. Like, against Carolina, <laughs> yeah. it would look, like, just terrible. Professional hockey players do not but know how to year, do this year, I'm feeling like it's it's just, like, more associated with them, like, just not even trying. It looks like they're just standing around sometimes and not, like, trying to win puck races, trying to win battles on the boards. One guy that comes to mind particularly for me, I'm going to say something incredibly, you know, controversial here maybe, but, like, Zach Wierenski defensively in our own zone has been fucking terrible. And he's one of our, you know, highest paid players. He's probably supposed to be one of our best players. But dude, you watch him sometimes in our own zone. Even last night against Seattle, perfect example, we're trapped in our own zone for almost a full minute. He has the opportunity to get get the puck and he had like a full, you know, maybe full second to grab the puck and try to flick it out of the zone and make a nice little clearing attempt. Instead, he grabs his stick with one hand and just whacks at the puck one time, and Seattle keeps possession, uh, you know, in their own, in our in our zone. So he's just not hustling to pucks. He's not playing well on the boards. He's not playing sound defensively in our own zone. Hell, that Washington game. Do you remember watching Ovechkin cross the line with the puck on Wierenski, and Wierenski's just like, yeah, yeah, I'm gonna like stick my stick out a little bit and try to like stop Ovechkin. Ovechkin just fucking fires it right past Tarasov. It's just like, Wierenski, it's fucking Alex Ovechkin. Come on, dude. You got to play some fucking defense. Yeah. But, I mean, and then quite honestly, one of Wierenski's strengths has always been being able to get the puck through on net with his shot. Whenever he was able, you know, whenever he's able to shoot the puck, nine times out of ten it was always getting through, and at least on goal. Now... His shot's getting blocked. His shot's not getting through. He's missing the net. And it's just like, we where's the value in Zach Wierenski right now? Because I'm having trouble. He can't score goals. He can't stop goals. I'm having trouble finding where Zach Wierenski actually like fits, it. fits into this lineup right now. He's not playing well. Quite honestly, if, it reminds me if, like, if John Tortorella was coaching this team, Wierenski would probably be on the bench. You know, it's 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 one of those things. It's like you're one of our best players. It's like what he would do with Line A last year. You know, if Line A wasn't playing well, Tortorella would sit his ass down. 
Anyway, don't get me wrong. Like, that shit's stupid. Don't, but like, that's where we're at with Wierenski right now is he's, he looks like he's not even. He sucks. You said it. He sucks. <laughs> he fucking sucks. sucks right now. He just sucks need him right to now. Step up, dude. And he had a goal do you think the other he's a, Do you think he's another trade candidate? No, absolutely not. No. He's going to be here for a, for, a, for a while. He's signed an Forever. extension. Well, the re, one of the reasons why I don't think he's a, a tr- potential trade candidate is just because of his contract. You know, he's he's on for a long length, and he's at like $9.5 million, which is like, you know, top-tier defense. Top-tier players in the NHL, I just – teams aren't looking to acquire that kind of a contract – uh, especially with a bunch of the cap situations going on, but especially um, at the trade deadline, that's not something that um, you know teams are teams are looking for. Now that could be wrong. I could be wrong, right? Everybody can be traded. Hell, Wayne Gretzky got traded, so we'll see. Uh, but no, I don't think so. But meltdown in the third, and then roll that beautiful bean footage. <laughs> Jake Bean comes in overtime and wins it for us, uh, five four on a on a nice. Uh, far side top shelf shot but really Jake Voracek makes that play if I'm not mistaken I think Jake Voracek had three assists last night in that Seattle game so God, I just let's talk about Voracek for a second and how excellent of an addition he's been to this team just in compare I think I think you got to think about it in terms of him versus Cam Atkinson like straight up right that was the trade yeah and it's just like it's Absolutely night and day how much better this team is when Jake Voracek is on the ice versus when Cam Atkinson was on the ice. Yeah. And you look at Philadelphia right now. Philadelphia is at the bottom of the barrel. They're they're getting their ass kicked every night. Cam Atkinson's not doing shit. Um, I think we all knew that that was, pro- that was you know, eventually going to happen at some point. But Voracek, dude, he's an assist machine. He's a playmaker. He's... He's able to read the ice so well. One of my favorite things that he does is he slows down. He'll get the puck into the zone, and then he'll, like, pump the brakes, you know, and slow down, let the defender back up to create some more space for himself so that he's now got some more space to kind of mess and play with the puck, and that's what he did last night. He gets the puck, kind of brings it into the zone, makes a nice little – stop and then kind of makes a backhanded little pass right to Jake Bean and because of because of that the defense slacked off enough because Voracek put the brakes on Bean's able to come in with so much space on that right circle and he puts it top left on an incredible shot honestly on Grubauer and you know we get two points a big win quite needed, honestly oh man we needed those that win and those points so bad yeah because um First swing out west. This is one of the. I think this is the longest road trip for the Jackets all season. Yeah. Um. It's at Seattle, at Vancouver, at Edmonton, at Calgary. You know, going out to Western Canada is never easy. Um. We've we've we do tend to play well out there, uh, but that's traditionally been in part because Vancouver's always been pretty crappy. Uh, Calgary's usually not been that, not been that good. Uh, as of late, but except for the past couple of years, um, and then and Calgary's and, super talented though. Oh, they're so they're good this year. Don't get me wrong; they are so fucking good this year. They've got they're strong. They've got a lot of talent up there and at the top lines, and yeah. um, 
they got what's his name, Jake Mark Markstrom from Vancouver, the old Vancouver goalie. Yep, looks like he fits in pretty well with that team. Kachuk, uh, Lindholm, Lindholm fucking leading that team. So is, I mean, so is Kachuk, but uh, Johnny Gaudreau. Yeah, they're, they're <laughs> skilled. Um, yeah. So yeah, I'm excited to watch these games you know, on the West Coast uh, in 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 Canada. It's just. Oh, and then they wrap this road trip up with a trip to Buffalo. It's like, yes, <laughs> at Seattle, at Vancouver, at Edmonton, at Calgary, fly back to Buffalo. Yeah, that's that's hard as shit to do. Yeah, that's not How, not a good time. This schedule has been tough for this team recently, dude. Yeah, but at Vancouver next, uh, Vancouver's been going through some turmoil recently, right? Change with the changeover, they just uh, fired like their GM. They fired their head coach. They brought in Bruce Boudreau. Uh, so we'll see how this team performs against Vancouver. I think that's a winnable game. Um, should get two points out of that game, in my opinion. The next two after that are, um, based on the way that this team plays on the road, and especially against top tier talent, I'm uh, I'm expecting bad things to happen <laughs> in Edmonton, and I'm expecting really bad things to happen in Calgary. Um, but you know, I'm gonna root for them, and we'll, we'll see. Uh, hopefully, they can, if they can at least get a, two points, maybe one point out of the Edmonton and Calgary games. Somehow, that would be a win, in my opinion. Um, so, if they pick up three points out of these next three games, right? Three points out of Vancouver, Edmonton, Calgary. That's what I would be shooting for. Um, that that being said, I I think that's going to be difficult with Edmonton versus Edmonton and Calgary. Um, and then again, flying back to Buffalo—that's also going to be tough because Buffalo's Buffalo's like plays good at home. Buffalo has been good, but you know we're just—I think a lot of that is just based on what they did last year being like historically bad. Like we keep thinking they're going to be bad because they were historically bad last year. Yeah, and they're like pretty much the same team. Yeah. That, well, I mean they. Except for like the what the head coach, all that good stuff. Obviously, they they, ended up moving Jack Eichel finally. Yeah, they traded him to Vegas. He didn't play last year anyway, so yeah, that's why I said it's almost like the same team because they still don't have their star players. Um, But yeah, Buffalo. I think they just kind of suck, but they're just they're playing above expectations. Yeah, they sure are. Um, Jacket's got a tough swing coming up. We'll be rooting for him. Um, I ain't got anything else, boys. What you got? I like it. Want to talk some DFS strat? We can we can do that. Uh, I can te- I could talk about it and teach you how to draft, um, you know, fifth to sixth place winning lineups. Because <laughs> that's where I've been consistently at for probably the last, you know. He's kicking our weeks. ass. Yeah. Not really. Don't let he's him, he's don't let kicking him our ass. So. I'm really not. Everybody else is starting to play well, and I, I which makes me happy. Right? It's good. Everybody's. Getting into it a little bit more. Hell, Miller's putting in like ten lineups a night. Like can kind oh, of yeah, shit. He's on. playing tourneys and stuff. Yeah, love it. At Got least to. that's the main goal of my fantasy hockey league is to try to get more of my friends just playing interested in hockey. Right. That's Miller Miller's goal. playing better because I think the you know by now kind of everything we know what's going on. We know who the good players are. We know who the good goalies are going to be. We know who the good teams are bad teams. That sort of thing. So those those implied totals and stuff that we base a lot of our draft strategy off of, um, you know that those are those are being more true now than what they were at the beginning of the season. Mm-hmm. 
whereas you just know so much about hockey you destroy us because yeah, you're you're $2500 yeah has and, two goals and three assists oh thank you well so is there a lot of people are too though it's a it's been a nice mix uh, in the top of the lineups here recently shout out to our boy uh, Corey Watson if you're a fan of the pod uh, he, he I mean he is a fan of the pod frequent listener but shout out to him he's been playing well uh, finally making his way up into our standings um, Miller's up at the top Hooch has been playing well Tour won the classic slate last night Woo. Uh, a lot of good fantasy hockey going I think I on. I took down one of the showdowns this week, too, and then came in second in another one. Damn, he might be player of the week. I'll get the tally up later this Let's week. Let's go. Hey. I think one of my recent new strats, though, is play Austin Matthews and pair him with one of his wingers, whether that's bunting or the other night they had he was uh, they had uh, Andres Kasha skating up with, with Matthews, and that's a... If I saw, if I see that, I'm slamming that. Slamming that, yeah. Because Kasha's been playing well. Hell, he's been playing well ever since he's been in the NHL. He was fantastic for Anaheim, coming over to Toronto this year, playing lights out, pairing him up with Matthews. And then once Marner comes back, dude, that second line with Tavares, uh, and or once Marner comes back and you put him on that top line with Matthews, that shit's gonna be stupid. Um, but then you got Tavares and Nylander on that second line, and you can pick those guys too. I mean, yeah, that that second Strong. line is fantastic as well. Mm-hmm. Toronto's got, and then Morgan Riley, dude, on defense, he's a fucking win every time, and he's always that like, team's playing so much better than what they were at the beginning. At the beginning of the season, it looked like yeah they had a, a Stanley Cup hangover when they didn't even win the Stanley Cup. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it they just, had they, a they, they had a first round loss hangover as. Yeah, I mean, it looked wild, and Morgan Riley was one of those people that just looked like, he's like, ah, I think I'm done playing hockey, like, for good, and now and now he's he's doing what he does best. Not really a good defender, but a damn good... Scoring points. Scoring points, man. Yeah. He's giving the puck to Austin Matthews. <laughs> just give Austin Matthews the puck. It's a good strat. Uh, let's look at the... Um, My mustache looks better than his, though. Dude, let's look at Hooch's mustache. Well, he shaved. You see that, Matthews? Uh -uh. He shaved. He shaved it off. Gross. Fucking idiot. Gross. Y'all should see Hooch's mustache right now. It's fucking fire. Oh, man. It is so good. It's like a big big caterpillar. We do need to get on the... Yeah, that's true. Like giant caterpillar. Giant Cheeto. (laughs) Giant brown Cheeto. Brown Cheeto. All right, guys. Well, well, hold on, hold on. Let's talk. I just want to, real quick about the Metro standing. Let's okay, here. let's do it. So we got Washington at 40 points, Carolina with 39, uh, the Rangers with 39, Pittsburgh with 33, and then we're next at 29. So we've actually started to see, um, with this recent swing of us not playing so well, we've kind of fallen out of that, uh, not only the playoff picture, but being able to kind of hang with, Pittsburgh and the Rangers. We're still only like two games really back behind Pittsburgh, and um, we do we we do have one game in hand against them. But God damn it, I just fucking hate to see that we're behind Pittsburgh now. Fucking hate Pittsburgh. But of course they're going to start to play well because um, Sidney Crosby's back and he's starting to get into his groove. Uh, but man, the Jackets really, if they want to keep you know keep up and. Maybe squeak into the playoffs. They've got to keep it up because right with them is Detroit from the Atlantic. They also have 29 points, and Boston has 30. So they're right in the mix for that wild card spot still. They just got to 
Just got to keep pace. Keep playing and squeaking out some points here. We might be able to squeak in. We'll never we'll, – we'll see. Yep. All right, boys. Well, another fun week. Great great week of hockey coming Let's up. Let's go, boys. Yeah. Let's go, we got late. We got late night hockey. Late, late night, night BJs. Yep, late night BJs. <laughs> All right, fellas, signing go off. Go Browns. Go Browns. All right, go Who Browns. Day? All right. Who day, I guess. Peace. Peace. See ya.